Well, untold stories. She learned everything from me. Always put money away on a rainy day. For rainy day, that's what I always told her. Tammy had females under her running her spots 24-7, and he never shut down. Her team of females were called the Divas. The Divas were a bunch of beautiful, murderous women. They all were sisters. All of them came home at the same time from prison for a bank robbery. Tammy met the women through a mutual friend named Ms. Johnson. The girls were looking for jobs to keep the parole men off their asses. Before Tammy met the sisters, <coughs> excuse me, they were a team of bank robbers, and it was rumored that they pulled off some big jobs during their run. The whole time I was in their presence, I never knew any of their, I never, I never knew any of this about them. That they were bank robbers and that they were even that fucking vicious. They called the sisters the Johnsons. That was their last name. They were raised by they were raised by their grandmother after their mother left the house one night and never returned. Their father was in jail for life for murdering a brother over some drug money. The divas ran the divas ran Tammy Spots with the nine fish. No one no, no one ever tried them or tried to even play them because they were females either. The money was straight and the business was tight for Tammy and the divas at that time. Man, Tammy did more things in one month than a full-grown adult did in a lifetime. We did things like amusement parks, island vacations for weeks at a time. We never wore, we never even wore the same fucking outfit. Every day was our fucking birthday. We did what we wanted. We ate what we wanted. Whatever his life had to offer, we indulged in it. The 80s was our year. And we showed no signs of slowing down. One night, me and Tammy, black, and a bunch of our friends from Brooklyn and Queens, we went to a popular spot called The Stage in Harlem. That's where all the players in town and out can show off their cars, jewelry, the latest fashions. Money was plentiful. We threw that shit around like it was confetti, man. Everywhere we went. During all this excitement that night, I just sat back and realized how far me and Tammy came. You know what I'm saying? Not just in the drug game, but on our relationship. And how much we truly loved each other. You know what I'm saying? And that gave me a feeling no amount of money could attempt to buy. Even though there was numerous attempts on my life, it was nothing me and my guys couldn't handle ourselves. But if I needed, I had friends and family in high places. See, my, 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 by me being so young in a grown man's game and getting as much money as I was getting, I wasn't welcome with open arms at first. But I quickly earned my respect. Amongst the wolves and the dealers. It's about two in the morning. Everyone and their mother was out there that night. On stage, that is. That night was very special because I had the pleasure of meeting two Harlem legends, AZ and Rich Porter. A lot of these guys didn't see me as a boy. They considered me to be a man. Because that's the way I carried myself. And I was treated, and I treated my business with love and care. Love and fucking care. That's what I do shit. 
That's something black always instilled that. He, he always instilled that shit in me. Handle everything with love and care. Shoot every deal like it should last. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the fuck it is. Black used to tell Black used to tell me that story. He used to say Bumpy John used to say Bumpy Johnson used to always say that shit to him when he was coming up. Handle with love and care. That stuck with me. And everyone knew they liked to shoot my gun. They kept the stick up kids away. Plus, after a while, they got the message. And that was rob my spots. We kill you and your fucking family. The word got out quickly. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, now I'm going too quick. I'm going too quick. I'm going to take you into the world of Tammy Gibson. Tammy was born on May 28th, 1969. In the back of a car to a woman named Frida Gibson. She almost died during the birth. From the cold. Being in an umbilical cord being wrapped around her neck so tight. Luckily, a police officer riding by her heard her Frida's cries for help and rushed into the hospital. Frida, Tammy's mother, used to be a prostitute. Most of the time she most of the time she traded sex for drugs. That's how Tammy was conceived. That's why Frida always mistreated her. She looked at Tammy as a fucking mistake. You know what I'm saying? Tammy loved her though, with all her heart and soul. Frida, on the other hand, pure hate and jealousy. Tammy was abused by Frida on a constant basis from age two all the way up to her teenage years. Frida met some pervert named Sam Nelson, a pedophile on paper from molesting his young nieces. What makes this story so fucking sad? You know what I'm saying? Frida, Tammy's mother, was warned about Sam numerous times about from, from people in the neighborhood. But she didn't give a fuck. Nor did she care. She didn't care about Sam touching her. All Frida cared about was that glass dick she was sucking on. Like the trick she fucked for money. Only God knows what else. Tammy was a piece of meat to Frida. So why not throw it to the dogs? You know what I'm saying? Why not throw it to the dogs? Strong eat the strong, strong eat the strong, poor eat the poor. Sam just can't keep his hands to himself either. He did any and everything possibly to belittle Tammy. He used to come in her room on purpose when she was getting undressed, making sick comments about her, about her body and shit. He just didn't care because there was no in there to put a stop to it. You know what I'm saying? Five years to Sam meeting Frida, Sam was arrested and convicted for touching his nieces and nephews. He was very, he was a very bad crack addict at that time too. Also, plus, he shot dope from time to time. He was a real creep that needed to be put down in a coffin or the river. One night, Frida left out to meet a trick. That's when Sam made his move. Invited herself into Tammy's room. Tammy, Tammy herself. Tammy was half asleep. She, t I remember her telling me this shit. She was half asleep and awake because she knew Sam would make his. Sam was gonna make his way in the room eventually. Even though Frida didn't care about the situation between Sam and Tammy, 
Sammy just she she just felt safe with her mother being home. Sammy Sammy in the room. That's when Tammy jumped up because she knew what Sam's intention was gonna be. She screamed to get out. She screamed for she screamed for the nigga to get out. That's when he lunged at her, knocking her to the floor. He punched her a few times, put her in her sleep. Then he raped her repeatedly until he was free to put in her key in the door. It's a wicked shit, right? Now this happens. Your home's across America. You know what I'm saying? Pedophiles don't have no motherfucking room in this earth. That's just how I feel. When Tammy awoke from being beaten and raped almost all night, she told her mother about the horrible ordeal that had taken place the night before. Frida completely ignored her and went back to bed with Sam. That's when Tammy ran away from home, never returned for some time. She ran the streets for weeks. And months at a time, sleeping in abandoned buildings, eating out of whatever she could get. She eating whatever she could get her hands on. You know what I'm saying? She always always tell me and shit. Tammy stole from markets and corner stores just to survive. She also stayed in shelters when it had gotten cold outside. Tammy used to beg for chains in front of the family dollars in Salvation Army. That's when she was spotted by some lady named Ms. Johnson. Ms. Johnson felt so bad for Tammy, she took her in. It took Tammy a while to warm up to Ms. Johnson because, because of the abuse. Because, because the abuse was so bad that she had face. And she just didn't know who to trust. But Ms. Johnson proved, Tammy, proved it to Tammy. Ms. Johnson made sure Tammy was fed, had all the latest clothes and shoes. Plus, she sent Tammy to a private school. Her college education was already paid for. And Ms. Johnson put Tammy inside of her will, a million dollars, of a million dollars. So God forbid something happened to Ms. Johnson. You know what I'm saying? God forbid. Moment of silence for Ms. Johnson. Tammy wanted to worry about shit in her life. Ms. Johnson was her mother. Ms. Johnson was a mother she never had. And it was no question that Tammy considered her to be her mother. But Ms. Johnson had some demons on her own, along with a closet filled with skeletons. Back in the day, Ms. Johnson was hooked on crack cocaine. During the 80s and 90s, crack ripped families apart. It turned a lot of great people into monsters. Ms. Johnson had five kids, all girls. Their life was perfect. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Ms. Johnson worked as a school teacher. Her girls were in school. Her bills was paid. You know what I'm saying? One night, Ms. Johnson went out for a night one time where she met a guy named Melvin. Another one was <clears throat> having a dope game and a pimp. Ms. Johnson was like a deer in headlights when it came to the streets. She was lost. 
it was very easy for Melvin to turn Miss Johnson up. He introduced her to the crack. He introduced the crack to Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson started turning tricks and was unknowingly affected with HIV. After Melvin found that out, found out about that shit, he kept it to the curve. But one thing I can say about Miss Johnson is this. She never let Melvin get his hands on her girls. And we all thank God for that. Cause he was trying. When Miss Johnson told him over her dead body. You know what I'm saying? When Miss Johnson found out that she was sick, that shit drove her crazy. She tried to commit suicide more than once. Her life had completely spun out of control. All thanks to Melvin and her curiosity that was killing her the most. All, all she could think about was that how she let a man sink her and her family so low. Ms. Johnson told her kids about being sick, but she couldn't tell her kids. She wanted to, but she couldn't. But she told her mother. Her mother damn near had half, had, she damn near had half heart failure after receiving the news. That her one and only daughter was living with this horrible disease. Ms. Johnson fell into deep depression from her sickness. Deep depression. But that's where it goes. Her body and immune system was getting different. Number one. She just wanted to give up. And at her doctor's appointments, worrying about what to put in her body. It was way too much for Miss Johnson to deal with. One day she said, fuck it. It was like a normal day in Miss Johnson's house. But it really wasn't a normal day because this would be the last day Miss Johnson would ever see her daughters again. Because she had plans on leaving and never returning. She picked the girls up from school, took them home, fixed dinner, made sure they made sure they ate, gave them their baths, and put them put the girls to bed. Now I just want to remind you, Miss Johnson loved her kids. She loved her life. She just felt as though she failed her daughters as a mother. And the children inside. That she couldn't be there for her girls anymore mentally or physically. Ms. Johnson waited until the girls were fast asleep. Packed a few things up. Made sure all the windows and doors were locked. She did all this knowing. Not knowing where she was going. You know what I'm saying? But what she was going to do. Ms. Johnson just knew that she had to leave the girls because she was broken and ashamed of this disease. And didn't know how to tell the girls. So running away was the only option. But little did Ms. Johnson know, leaving the girls would have a terrible and violent effect on them. Ms. Johnson called 
her mother explained the reasons for her leaving the girls. But the whole time Miss Johnson, the whole, the whole time Miss Johnson was explaining this to her mother, her mother felt the same way because she knew her daughters were suffering with AIDS. Miss Johnson's mother, Miss Johnson's mother loved her. She was her only child. So she felt as though it was her duty to help Miss Johnson with her children. So she told, she, she told her mother that the girls are safe and sound in their beds. The key is under the front door, under the mat. After that, Miss Johnson left, never to be seen again by her mother or the girls. After she robbed Melvin Blonde for about $2.0 million in a few pieces of real estate that was in her name. When Miss Johnson died, it tore Tammy apart. <clears throat> she had a breakdown because Miss Johnson was a mother and she showed Tammy a kind of love she never felt or ever dreamed of. You know what I'm saying? You know? It's a crazy story. You know what I'm saying? Cause it goes down. You know, but I'm gonna continue. You know. Plus, you know, I think the reason why Miss Johnson went so hard for Tammy is because she was trying to make she was trying to make up for leaving her daughters the way she did. And her mother, for that matter. Being as though Miss Johnson couldn't be there for her kids, she stayed by Tammy's side until the day she died. But Miss Johnson, Miss Johnson did try to contact her mother and the girls after some years. But her mother and the girls packed up and moved to Atlanta. When Miss Johnson, when Miss Johnson was on her deathbed, she told Tammy about her, her whole life, her daughters, the disease. And how she called it. She even told me she always she even told Tammy about the ordeal with Melvin. Tammy didn't know how to feel at the time. There were a lot of emotions in that room that day. You know what I'm saying? It's the way life is. Twist and turns. Twist and fucking turns. But at the end of the day, Tammy knew one thing about Miss Johnson, and that was that she was a mother and that she loved her. Tammy was hurt for a long time. But she knew without Miss Johnson's help, who knows where she would be at right now. It was hard, but Tammy got herself back to normal after a while. Miss John Johnson's last words to her were, continue to do good in life. If you have children of your own, love and cherish them. And never let a man, never let, never let a man Take advantage of you, but don't let anybody, anybody for that matter, take advantage of you. She chose those words because of her own mistakes she made in life. Plus, all the abuse Tammy suffered from Frida and Sam. After the passing of Miss Johnson, Tammy still decided to stay in school and complete the mission Miss Johnson set her up for. You know what I'm saying? Smart girl. Smart fucking girl. That's why I love her so much. 
I guess that was Tammy showing her appreciation to Miss Johnson. Felt right through the worst times of her life. You know? Tammy fulfilled all Miss Johnson's wishes to set to be a good part. A lot of girls hated Tammy in the streets and in school. Because she was pretty. Stayed to herself. But it didn't even matter. Because she made it clear she would fight any bitch in the school. And I watched her fight a lot of females in high school also. And I must admit, Tammy was great with her hands. Tammy was the woman of my dreams. I fell in love with her the moment I saw her. Let me tell you how I first met her though. One morning I spotted Tammy at her locker. It looked like she was having a hard time getting, getting in it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, damn, I won. That's what I made my move. Walked up on her and asked her if she needed help. She said, yeah. Open her locker in two seconds. We got acquainted, exchanged numbers. After that day, we were together every since. You know what I'm saying? It's lovely. We would stay up all night on the phone on some teenage love shit. We sat together everywhere we went. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's my baby. The closer we got, the more she started to open up to me and telling me about her childhood. She told me how she was beaten and burnt by her mother, Frida, and how Sam molested and beat her as well. The story she told me, man, about her life blew my mind. As Tammy, Tammy, as Tammy was ever, it's crazy, right? Cause in the back of my head, I vowed to kill Sam, you know? And I knew that nothing could stop me from doing that. Tammy had no doubt I was planning this to kill, kill Sam. And that's the way I kept it, went on to the right time. I was going to kill Frida also, but I knew Tammy still had a small amount of love for Frida. Even though Frida hated the ground she walked on, on the other hand, I washed it. I washed the ground until I walked on. You know what I'm saying? It's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Talked to a lot of girls, man, in high school. I enjoyed the time I was having, too. You know what I'm saying? I enjoyed it. But it was something about that girl Tammy, man. And she had a hold on me. And up stealing me from all of them. You know what I'm saying? I just couldn't shake the feeling I was I, I, I was I was gaining for Tammy. And I had no plans on shaking it either. Shaking it off either. Every time I looked into Tammy's eyes, Tammy's big brown eyes, I got goosebumps. And that's real. It scared me. 
Because that never happened to me with any other female. That's when I knew I was in love with her. One day me and Tammy were laying in bed. <clears throat> i never forget this day. And out of nowhere she said, I want to kill Sam. After she said that, we just looked at each other. So I asked Tammy if she was serious. She said, I haven't been I haven't been more serious about this than anything in my life. And I seen it in her eyes. She was serious. I said, when? She said, today, right now. That's when I knew we're gonna kill Sam's ass today. And I was happy she finally was ready to take this step. And I waited until, you know, we, we, we waited until it got dark. We dressed up in all black, grabbed our guns. And we went on a mission to find Sam. You know, we already knew. We went with the cop is dope. It was a little spot right down the street from the Apollo. So we rode around the area for a while. Partner start, part, partner stalked him out. About 1.30 a.m., here he comes, just like clockwork. Him and this piece of shit, Blue Caprice, getting ready to cop the last fix of his life. Me and Tammy followed his ass to the crack house where he shot his dope at. Sam parked up to go in the house. As soon as he got out, as soon as he got out of his car, he rushed him. Tammy was the first one to reach him with the gun pointed at him, with his gun, with our gun pointed at his head. What make it so crazy is that he didn't even put up a fight. You know? I think Sam knew it was his time to leave this earth. I pushed him to the trunk of our car and we drove off. On the way to the Hudson. Around 2.30 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Me and Tammy kissed. Then we got out of the car. To get Sam out of the trunk. Right of the way he started begging for his fucking life. Tammy told him shut the fuck up. And take it like a man. That's what he used to say to her. I just sat quietly with my gun pointing at him. See, this was Tammy's beef. Settle. So I let her take full control. You know what I'm saying? Tammy made Sam apologize for restoring her childhood and her innocence. Right after, right after Sam was done making his peace with Tammy and God, we riddled him with bullets and dumped his body in the Hudson. And that's the end. Sam's life. The podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.